0: Hi there, I'm Randy Resnick And I'm Jim Bereford, And you're listening to Leave the Bottle And you can catch us also at leavethebottlepodcast.com
1: right and subscribe to us. And you can subscribe on iTunes, by the way, as well.
0: Please subscribe. We need subscribers.
1: We need subscribers. We need subscribers. Because we have this toilet
0: paper company that's just dying to place ads. Yeah, because, because they know that we're full of... Mm. Um, exactly. How are you? How are you today, Randy? I'm
1: good, man. And I hope you are, too. Uh, you may have seen my photo of the market. Um, God, I love when, when there's market day and you can go buy some local produce. Uh, so we were out in the six degrees centigrade and doing that.
0: What's that in Fahrenheit? Like forty something? Uh, upper yeah, probably upper forties. Zero is
1: thirty-two, and then right. uh, you take. There's a very. This is a great um, topic for twenty seconds. By the way, is one of the most important things you can learn to do in life is estimate. You know, I was told that by a PhD. <laughs> no, I mean not that I can. Yeah. Uh, I, I stopped myself, but you know, a, a centigrade degree is is almost double. So. Um, it's thirty-two plus fourteen, so that's forty-six. That'd be an estimate, okay. of course. And I'll bet I'm not more than ten percent off. Point is, it is.
0: Ed, it is I just used yeah. handy dandy Google, and it's six uh, Celsius is forty-two point eight Fahrenheit. So I was that was damn close. Your lesson for the day, folks.
1: Yeah, but yeah, and because you have Google, that's all great. But this estimate thing. It's true. Somebody told me that once. He was a teacher of um, people coming from all over the world to the United States. And he himself had a doctorate from the Sorbonne in Paris. Uh, but the point is, we learn so much crap that's not useful in school. We did even when I was a kid, and I think it's more and more now, maybe, because it just not, doesn't keep up. We, we've moved along so much. And one of the really good things to learn is this quality of being able to estimate, do quick calculations, not complicated ones, just get it close so that if you're in another country and you go, well, yeah, I'm in Thailand, how much, is a, how much are these you know, 35,000 baht and all of that kind of thing? Um, some of them are easier than others, but anyway, it's a good skill to get. So parents, if you're listening, make sure your kids know how to estimate after they learn the what, multiplication tables, I guess.
0: They don't learn that anymore. They don't. They just Google, they just Google Shocking now. Me, sir. They just Google now. They do. You know, they don't even use the handheld calculators anymore. They've they've moved on now to tablets and laptops and, I mean, you know, between that and not teaching cursive pretty much anymore. Yeah, you know, we're, we're Well, my trouble.
1: handwriting horrible
0: anyway. <laughs> yeah, I might as well write with my feet. So and I, they... grew up in, and I grew up in an era where you know handwriting was still actually taught, but.
1: Well, me too but mine never was any good or readable um so you can you set your homepage to google it, the thing comes up and you then you type google.com into the search it goes to google.com you, you know that a lot of people do that like they their homepage is google they'll type in yahoo.com or something <laughs> to quote it.
0: it's amazing really in just what, a little over a decade less than a decade and a half not just how much we've changed with the internet but because of specific companies and sites. Yeah. I mean, remember when Google first came out, it was that company with a funny name. Mhm. And now they're ubiquitous to to the extent that, you know, I have a couple of Chromebooks, I have a couple of Nexus phones and tablets because they use the Google environment. Everything we do is that it's almost scary. It's like, wow, the, the great products, absolutely. But it's like, you know, Mountain View has become our overlords and we've accepted that.
1: And it's, that's an interesting, not even a segue, but a blend into what we were talking about, tribes and social media and so on. Because in this house, we've had a lot of Apple hardware for a long time. And um, I really like the Mac universe. And before we get too um, too snobby about Macs or anything else, I just want to mention that I've been to tech most of the tech conferences I go to. The brightest people there have laptops; they're MacBooks. I'm sorry to you know tell all these people who think Google is the only way to go or that uh, Windows or even Linux, uh, but the really really bright programmers mostly do use MacBooks. In my In my um, anecdotal accounts, okay? Now, to finish, to be very clear, I am neither, because we have a lot of Apple stuff here, but I also have a Nexus 5 I just bought. I decided I didn't want an iPhone, didn't want to buy a new iPhone. Good Uh, for you. Got the Nexus, it's great. Um, I have no need for a Chromebook. However, if you can use a Chromebook, why not? They're great, and... um, I'm going to guess that you don't have the pixel, which is like twelve hundred or twenty-four hundred dollars. You have no. the less expensive ones, which are yes. almost. God, I hate to say throwaway because that would make us the non-recyclers that we all are. <laughs> It but, would but they it. are. But they're kind but they of, yeah. Are. So, I mean, you don't expect that thing to last more than a couple of years, right? Before It's not oh, really repairable, no, is it?
0: No, not really. I mean, I've had so far, uh, Chromebooks have been out for three years mm-hmm. now, two, three years. And I have, well, I have two sitting in front of me right now. I'm uh, doing this right on a Chromebook. Mm-hmm. And I have a second one set up next to me so I can uh, do some uh, searches. Uh, I gave my very first one to my 10-year-old niece. Uh, and she actually, in school now, all her schoolmates, they that's what they use in schools, the Chromebooks, because those have become very big here in America in, in the school systems because they are cheap because you can do a lot with them at a reduced cost. Um, I did have a fourth Chromebook that I was an idiot on last summer, I went to clean it and I sprayed some water on the screen and on the keyboard. And I ruined the keyboard, so that was that for that. Oh. So, but it was a two hundred dollar laptop, as compared to the Pixel at twelve or thirteen hundred, or the MacBook at a house mortgage rate. I actually spilled um,
1: some wine on my keyboard. It's a cordless Bluetooth keyboard, and that was like probably a hundred bucks. I re- I replaced it because the computer's way more. But that well, was a couple of years used-
0: ago. I I like Macs. I mean, I've I've had a Mac uh, book uh, in the past uh, that I bought used on eBay. Really liked it until it crapped out, and it was going to be so much money to fix it. I said no. Yeah. I've had a couple of Mac minis that I was attempting originally to use as my uh, entertainment system for the TV, but I ended up using it as a full blown computer right via the TV. Same here. And those and those were great. Those are absolutely awesome, um, and. I've had a couple of iPhones, and I, I I do like the Apple environment a lot, but it is really expensive. And you know those programmers that you mentioned, I I have no idea how much money they're making, but I'm pretty sure they're making enough to justify. Yeah. No, and then plus know, it's... a two thousand dollar, and they can also write it off as a tax write off, which is kind of on Google Plus. There are certain social media experts and so forth who they're always going on about Google Glass and they're going on about you know these high-end products and they can't understand why the normal person isn't buying them. It's like, well, the normal person doesn't use those specifically for their work, therefore they can't take a tax deduction for it. So it's like, well, you know, come down off your high horse for a minute and realize that the average, you know, Joe or Jane out there, it's a to spend two thousand dollars on a laptop to spend even twelve hundred on a laptop, that's a big deal. And when you can't use that as a business expense, you have to think two and three times, is it worth it? You know, if it gets broken, if it gets stolen you know, whatever. And, uh, it's just, sure. I would love to have a Chromebook pixel for (laughs) $1,200. I don't even know if they're any good though. Well, they, well, their screens are. I've seen them. The screens are wonderful. They're, you know, they're amazing. They're. It's basically just like looking at a, a high-end Mac screen. Mm-hmm.
1: That's fine, but they may not last as long, and they may not be supported as long because no, Google, you know Google doesn't have a good record of support. And I say that maybe the no. pixel changes that, but they don't. No, it doesn't. anyway, didn't want to get too much into that, except to no. say that we were talking about uh, this uh, this whole concept of tribes and people. It's, it's all the same. I mean, it's like sports, you know, people are defending these teams. And I wanted to mention a quick thing that, that goes way back, zooms way out, which is uh, your nationality. You are, unless you're an immigrant and have asked for and worked for a certain uh, nationality, you didn't do anything for your nationality. So how can you sit there and be proud? It's like being proud of your beauty, assuming you were born beautiful or proud of your uh, high intelligence, high IQ. You did nothing to get that. I understand that, sure, you can be proud of it in a certain way. Uh, I just saw something the other day on somebody's profile on Google+, Plus, you know, where it says um, bragging rights. You, maybe you can tell me what yours is. Mine is uh, that I lived in L.A. for several months without a car. It's kind of a joke, you know. I saw one <laughs> there where the guy was so excited because he talked to somebody in Star Trek on Google+. Plus, <laughs> he thought that that was really fantastic. I I. I don't even want to get into what I think of that but I know people who have slept with people from, you know, female stars from Star Trek who didn't think as much of it. You know, to put that, that gee, you know, she answered me. sad. (laughs) Anyway. I don't
0: know, my bragging rights well, first of all, is that I have an amazing wife of uh, going on two two decades now. And, you know, I'm not saying that to be schmaltzy or cheesy or anything, but it's true. Uh, You know, I've met so A lot of celebrities, actually, over the years mm-hmm. in positions of, of working as a waiter and things like that, and it's like, who cares? It kind of comes right back to what you're saying. That was by chance. I did nothing to initiate the contact with them. It was by happenstance, and when you fall out of the womb, you fall out of the womb, whether yep. you fell out in India, Ireland, America, or whatever, and it drives me insane with the whole send your hate mail to me, folks, not to Randy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know.
1: I sure it is.
0: drives it drives me crazy when the proud to be an American or a proud to be a this or proud to be that. To me, shouldn't you be proud to be a human being to do the best you can for your fellow human beings? I I don't consider myself an American other than when I'm paying my taxes. I consider myself <laughs> a citizen. I'm serious. Getting I your money's worth. No, but that's okay. You know what? That's all right. I I do my part, and that's the best I can do. But I consider myself a citizen of the planet as just a fellow human being. Whether it's a lockstep, whether it's somebody from China or Brazil or wherever, and the the flag waving and the nationalistic stuff just drives me insane. Yeah, I,
1: Again, I think it's insane. nice when you can when you can welcome people uh, from other uh, cultures and. Uh, you know, get along with them, whether you're in their country or they're in your country. I remember I um, used to work at Griffith Park in Los Angeles, up in the observatory, and there were a couple of Japanese tourists, and they had a rental car, and their car broke down. They didn't speak one word of English, Uh, and their car broke down, and I called Hertz. I went to the pay phone. I called Hertz or whoever it was, you know. I arranged it. I told them they don't speak, and I waited and all that until they got there, and I, You know, that's something that, not that I'm going to say I'm proud of or that I would brag about. I'm just saying that if you're going to say something, make it something that you actually did, you know?
0: Right. I agree. And I I'm agree. sure,
1: so, hopefully, we've all done a few little minor acts of uh, kindness like that. And it's not the big deal. It cost me a few, maybe an hour or something, and that's it.
0: So now, why do people, why are people so hung up about, where they came from where they just happened cuz you did nothing where wherever i don't know where you were born yeah but you did but you did absolutely nothing to control that it's not like you moved to france 30 mm-hmm. odd years ago you made a conscious decision i want to live here for whatever the reasons were but those were your reasons what happened before that where you were born like where i was born we don't play any part in that and that's right. why i have never understood And including, not even just in a a wider tribal sense, but in in a sense of, like, in family. Like, you know, you see these people who are born to extreme wealth or, you know, powerful families Mm -hmm. and senses of entitlement. And it's like, entitlement for what? You did absolutely nothing. You you know, you punched a winning lottery ticket when you came out. Other than that, what have you done with your life?
1: Well, Donald Trump has Trump University.
0: Yeah. Never heard
1: of, heard anything about that. That's for another segment. When you've looked at what it is, it's
0: yeah. And how many really taxpayers funny. paid for that with his uh, bankruptcy? Uh,
1: yeah, you could you could do that equivalency, or there are a lot of <laughs> other. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there.
0: So you're not going to be rooting for France or the U S. in the World Cup this year, then.
1: You know what? We watched when they the year that they won, which was a long time ago, I think. Um, because I'm not a sports person, nor is my wife, but we did watch the last, you know, 10 minutes or something, because it was fun. Because it was just, everybody was just going so crazy. But I, I uh, often think that sports and religions are very similar uh, in that they are these big groups and these tribal things. And, you know, look what tribes do in Africa. They they massacre each other. They kill each other, and they decimate the population. It's not something that you should be thrilled about. And this, this uh, constant... Uh, analogy on social network and all these people writing these books about your tribe eventually does get grating on my nerves a little bit. And it reminds me that we were starting to talk about uh, Google Plus and Facebook and Instagram and all that and why people like to stay in their little comfort zone. And I can explain mine. A lot of people are on Google Plus, I think, by the way. Uh, because they like to try the newest thing, and I think a lot of us who are on Google Plus were on Google Wave and Buzz before it. I don't know if that's the case. Did you uh, use Buzz or Wave? Wave is a little I, geeky. I,
0: yeah, I, well, I'm a geek, so yes, I did use those. But I, I was felt so alone that I kind of scurried back to Facebook because, frankly, that's where people I know and, you know, a, a certain relatives are. So I tried for a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I wasn't connecting with anybody. So I went back to where my connections were, which was Facebook. And right. and I think that that's that, – that holds for a lot of people. Yep. Um, it's tough to break – you talk about tribe. It's like tribe can be just your family too. Tribe mm-hmm. can be just your local community. It could be, you know, your bowling teams, whatever it's hard to make that it's hard to to be by yourself and i think a lot of people on certain social networks whether it's twitter or whether it's google plus have to accept that okay they're kind of going it alone and having to forge a new path out there and some people are like you and i are good with that, you know. We're good with hooking up with new people from all around the world that we're probably never going to meet in real life, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Not not everybody's up for that. No, not everybody wants to. My wife doesn't want to do that. You know, she goes on, she goes on Facebook, and she has her pals, and she has her family, and she has her coworkers, and people from different interests, and that suits her fine, and that's great, you know. It's it's kind of, I like more than that, so I've been trying to balance both sides, being in the inner tribe and kind of being like in the new tribe of people who I really don't know.
1: Yeah, but, I, you know, I, I agree with that, I, and I, I do seek this stuff out, and that's why I was on Wave, but I had other geeky friends who were also on Wave, so we did a lot of experiments. Wave was a different thing. It wasn't just a talk. It was a whole um, collaboration tool, so... I forgot the name of what it, I forgot what it was called. It was actually something that they bought that was an originally going to be a multi-user text editor, I think. And then they they took it quite a ways, and then they they dropped it. Obviously, um, Buzz was a wannabe Twitter, co- pretty yes. much clone. As uh, if you remember, Jaiku or Jaiku. Yep um there 's been a lot of that kind of thing, but I do try I tried that i tried I was on buzz, and I also have a network of people that I talk to who are who are techies, so I drag them through all of these I drag them to the uh, Google plus community and i uh, that I founded and I, I think that Um, people who do that, by the way, have done a lot more for Google than some of their paid marketing people. Because if you've already got a community and you manage to bring, we have over 700 people in that community now. And I mean, everyone is a real person with a real uh, interest in the topic. Um, This is not, when you go to say, I don't know, Samsung community, Android community, where there's like There are tens of thousands of people on those, but probably half of them are spammers or real casual people. A lot of people don't post. I mean, they're not, this is not a real community in the way that I see them. I have a funny, I think that the community up to about a thousand people, a community might work. You've got wine lovers communities, for example, and I've been in that area for years, probably about 18 years of, of wine. Wine is one of the biggest topics online. And, uh, the wine communities, if you look, I haven't looked in a long time, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there's one that has like 40,000 people. And what are you going to do? There's going to be too much noise. Even if everybody is authentic, it's too noisy there. It's already going to be too noisy. And there's going to be, unfortunately, because you've got that wide range of people, there are going to be people that are going to be very annoying, post, constantly posting uh, drive-bys to their blog, you know, link, drive-by links, I call them, to their blogs and stuff like that. Those are the people that I drop when I see that happen. Uh, that's a good question for you. I'm going to turn it over to you as soon as I say what makes me drop people very quickly. And one of them is, I saw, I, I, I uncircled about three people today. One of them was this like really bad taste graphic. Borderline sexist, but I'm not a purist. I'm, I'm not a prude for that kind of thing. But it just was so lame and so stupid. I thought, eh, if he's going to be posting stuff like that, I, I'm out. And I do, I do three or four of those a day at least. Or the drive by self promo. The drive by self promos, where there's like almost no description and it's a link to their blog. I mean, you know, that's even in the books not to do that, let alone. (laughs) So I don't know. What are the reasons you circle and don't circle people, Jim?
0: uh, A lot of the same uh, reasons. I was more uh, indiscriminate at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to welcome everybody and hopefully everybody will welcome me. That's like
1: sex when we were kids, though, right? So, you know, more discriminate now. Yeah, yeah,
0: well, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> See what I'm saying? When you, when it's a new, when it's a novelty. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, no is not an option for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was often for the other person, but, uh, but that's what I, at the beginning I was like that on Facebook, on Twitter, mm-hmm. Google Plus, whatever. Um, now though, what happened was I invited so many people into my social media life that were Many were trolls, many were drive-bys, uh, many I could care less about any real interaction with me. And uh, I found that after a while, it's like, well, I'm looking through these streams of posts, and these are people who I never have anything to do with, never have anything to do with me. Why am I caring? You know, after a while, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I probably have added a total of maybe 20 people. On Google Plus in the last year and a half wow and I, and i 've dropped to quite a few people, but, but that 's it um, and I know that sounds harsh, but there, there was certain realities, especially like uh, when I was involved in uh, media tapper and uh, that start, that was born of Google plus people mm-hmm. There was some great things that happened because of it there were some not so great things that happened because of it. And uh, that was one of the things I realized. It's like, well, you know what? If I'm not having a real interaction with you, then what's the point? If you don't care at all about what I have to say, which is perfectly valid. Hey, you know, I, I can be a real ornery pain in the ass on certain things. I'm really highly, highly political, and I'm not afraid to throw my opinions out there at all. That's not everyone's cup of tea. I've been unfriended on Facebook by you know people who actually knew because obviously they didn't care for my politics and and I've tried to tone it down a bit. But at the same time, it's like well, you know, what's the point then if I'm just gonna if I'm just gonna post pictures of my dogs? Then I'd rather not be using the service. Period. So that's what I, you know, when I'm looking for other people, I'm looking for people who share, don't have to share my political point of view because there are certain, you know, conservatives who I've brought on because I find what they put on interesting and so forth. But if all you're going to do is put on puppies and rainbows, then, yeah, I don't. I'm not interested well, how about the
1: aphorisms? Think. There's a constant stream of these these inspirational sayings, oh, and a lot of them have been around God. for like thirty years anyway so
0: it makes me it makes me sick you know it's like uh, your, your beliefs are your beliefs and 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 if if you uh if you need to go through life with uh, the getting affirmations over and over again from life coaches and or from magazines and these little pithy sayings to boost you if
1: uh, over the Over the image to get the attention
0: yeah or yeah you, know, you know what i've I've done a couple of experiments uh lately online it's been very interesting because i my normal posts, say on Facebook or on Google+ they'll either be met with you know a few comments or a few likes or a few uh, plus ones, and you know this you know that might be it, and sometimes there'll be some more. But then, like uh, a couple times the last few days, I posted these cartoons that I got from other sites, especially on Google Plus. Mm-hmm. I posted one yesterday, and so far, as of this morning, it had like forty something reshares. Wow! Yeah, I, I, must be good. I had, Well, yeah, and sadly, I had absolutely nothing to do with it other than I saw it on Twitter and, <laughs> and downloaded it and posted it. But my point being is, is that we are a society now online and offline where the quick image, the quick visual has really taken us over. And that's really sad. I think the days of it was very interesting. I told you in an email that uh my buddy Caitlin hey Caitlin uh she commented yesterday after listening to yesterday's show that she felt it was like sitting around a campfire. Listening to people tell stories, and she really liked that. And you know, that really struck me. Not because she was saying that about us. I mean, yes, I was grateful that she mm-hmm. said that about us, but because we don't do that enough anymore. Because we're so interested in the quick visual now, and and the memes, and so forth.
1: And yet that, we do uh, have, and yet we do have a lot of time, like commute time. Uh, because backing up for a second, what's weird is that not that many people listen to, or know what podcasting even is. That's one of the reasons that you, the whole YouTube and visual hangouts and recordings are kind of good because almost everyone has been on YouTube. Not many people follow podcasts. Relatively so, I think maybe 10%, maybe 20 max. Uh, but the fact is that if you travel, almost everybody does have an MP3 player. In fact, if you've got a phone, you have an MP3 player. So right. the point is uh, that... Um, this is a this is a perfect way to fill. I mean, you find it. You don't have to listen to us. You can listen to so many things. There are daily news shows. There's tech news. I'm sure there's uh, this week in a certain breed of poodle, probably. You know, I mean, <laughs> literally, these are the big. If you look at Amazon's, um, when when they tell you about writing a book, uh, they the wisdom is you find that little tiny niche of a specific kind of dog for example that's why that that uh, example came to mind uh, corgis i think there's a book on corgis that was absolutely huge seller i mean i could care less about that but if you if you are a corgi corgi owner i think it was corgis if you're a corgi owner or a koi pond or something you know whatever it is the more niche it is the better in a way and podcasts are like that too now we want to keep things pretty general and just get the human flow that's the way i feel about it but there are a lot of very very specific uh, podcasts that talk about science and stuff
0: I'm, i'm gonna guess that uh when i post on my facebook that probably only a couple of people actually use podcasts so they're probably looking at my posts now that you know i'm sorry if i'm flooding your streams with the podcasts but uh they're probably like, what the hell is, it? you know, podcast? I may have heard of it, but I don't really, where, where would I go to listen to it? Or what do I do with it? And, and in fact, podcasts are really amazing. I'm not talking about ours, which of course it is amazing, but. <laughs> They're all,
1: they all, the whole idea is amazing. Uh, by the really way, qu- quick question on Facebook, if you post a SoundCloud link, for example, or any link, does it play or do you have to click and go to the page? How does that work? No, it
0: it plays. It plays like my buddy. Yeah, because it goes right into your stream as that and you can click right on it. Now, it didn't used to be that way, but it is set up that way now. So like when my buddy Caitlin yesterday, when she clicked on it, it showed all of a sudden it came on my screen that she was doing that right now. I don't know if she realized that she had it in her settings that it would show like that but it showed me that she was actually listening that's to good. it right on the stream which you know what that's fine too I don't expect people just to go to like our website to listen I mean if they want to go you know to leave the pot to leave the com. <laughs> Wink, wink. Uh, to listen to past shows, that's great. But if you just want to, you know, if you don't want to have to go to iTunes and you don't want to go to Stitcher or whatever, and you just want to listen that way, that's great too. And that's mm-hmm. one of the neat, neat things now about technology is, that it wasn't like that not too many years ago. You had to go. To say uh, windamp or you know using you know yep. software that you had to download, and not everybody is you and I. Not everybody wants to be bothered. You know, I know my wife doesn't, and, and my wife is actually pretty techy, to an extent. But you know, life is you know you have work and you have all these responsibilities. Don't make me jump through hoops, and I might you know I might give a listen.
1: Yeah, no, I I think that they're fantastic. Instead of looking at your phone when you're in the supermarket, if you have your heads your phones on, your earbuds or whatever the deal is or if you're walking or jogging, you can listen to a podcast. And if I'm alone, I will do that when I when I take my walk, it's about an hour, and I'll listen to uh Dan York's podcast or something like that. Jim and I have been joined by Le Rato. Ratto and uh Lurato, you and I have known each other for 2 3 years on Google Plus that's a, my one of my greatest pleasures of Google Plus but I want to ask you why you like spiders so much what is it about spiders that attracts you
3: um I I'm not exactly sure I like them because they they're just Cool. Um I like the I like the practicality because I really hate cockroaches and I really hate mosquitoes and spiders eat them. Um and I, I, I just, I, I think that they're much maligned. You know, so many people hate them and are scared of them and freak out and want to kill them. But they're, they're really harmless and friendly and sweet. And, you know, they, they cuddle up with you and, and kill the mosquitoes.
1: Well, they're not all harmless, but I suppose most of them are. Um, but the thing is, they are horribly alien looking. So I think that that's part of it. Uh, Jim, do you like spiders?
0: I've grown to accept them. I went from terror to not liking to being indifferent to now, uh unless they're threatening me with grievous bodily harm, uh, I pretty much have a live and let live attitude with them. Uh I will actually now try to uh capture them if possible and put them outside where they belong, not above my bed or something like that. And my wife, she still will freak out every once in a while, And but she's actually developing a little bit better attitude as well. She's isn't at my course of acceptance yet, but it's not immediately off to grab something to swat it at this point. But I, I'm not so sure I find them cuddly, but yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> that's just that. me. That's just me.
1: But they drop down. When they're on your bed, they drop down on top of you. Now, Lorado, if you are lying in a state of undress and it's hot out so you don't have any covers on you and some fuzzy Uh thing is dropping on top of, let's say, your belly, that makes you – you're cool with that? That's, oh, hey, how are you? Or would you give it a big swat because of the surprise? Because I know what I would do.
3: I usually I don't usually like them on me, but if a spider's crawling on me, I am usually I'm just like, hey, you you don't want to be there. Come on, come on, in. let me let me take you somewhere more comfortable. Um, you know, because it, there's it a happens. place more comfortable
1: than on you. I couldn't resist that, but let's get back to let's get to reality here.
3: Well, I also have a deal with them that the spiders are free to roam in my house and and live as they please, but they don't come on my bed.
0: Do they follow that deal?
3: Yeah, completely. Uh, very, I like Now, the idea, now yeah. in, all, in,
0: in Australia, how big do the spiders get? Because it seems like you guys have like many of the world's most venomous snakes, and have, you, have, you know, it have seems you like. Seen,
3: it, I, I've posted pictures of spiders that are the size of my outstretched hand.
0: Like oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. The size no. of my face, you know. <laughs>
3: oh, I have got no. a, I, I've got a picture somewhere of my hand like as outstretched as I can make it in front of a spider that's the same size.
0: Are they like tarantulas or are they like tarantulas? No, or?
3: those big ones are huntsmen and they're quite harmless. Okay. Oh, yeah, you've spoken. But also the, go, the golden orb before. weavers get that big too but, and they're they're a little bit nasty. Like, they're the ones that, that catch small snakes and birds and stuff
1: spiders Ooh, that catch birds? Smells. Yeah, seriously? Yeah.
3: Go, go and Google it. Go and Google golden orb weaver catching a bird or a, or a snake, and, and you can find them on the internet. In a the golden end. what? A golden, golden what? Orb, a golden orb weaver.
1: Golden
0: orb weezer?
3: Weaver. A weaver, Oh, my God. Weaver, oh, weaver my like,
0: God. Like, I'm looking right I got... now. I, I, I'm I glad it's not nighttime here in in uh, America because if I was going to bed, I'm looking at these images right now and, and I need the rest of the day to scrub them out of my head because I, oh, oh hell no. Sorry. No, no.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I have looked around my place.
0: Oh my God. She's on the floor. I have to force. close that page I have so. to close that page right now because I'm having daymares
1: <laughs> My brother and I used to live in Simi Valley. It's kind of a deserty, almost deserty area uh, uh, place near Los Angeles, and he got up in the middle of the night and was walking around. Walking, I suppose to the bathroom, and he he felt something on his heel, on his bare heel, and he turned the lights on, and it was a tarantula. There were tarantulas out there. Now, tarantulas, by the way, are unless you step on it literally and try to harm it. As far as I know, tarantulas are totally harmless. They're not interested in hurting anybody. This is what I've heard anyway, but they are yeah, the most, scariest. Well, particularly as, as a matter of fact, now that I think of it, are tarantulas even spiders? I'm not even. I
3: think yeah, I believe spiders. They are. they're. They're only scary because of marketing. They they've got good marketing.
1: Well, in that movie, they, they really got screwed with the movie. Um, what was the name of that movie with the spiders? Arachnophobia? No, no, no. way before. Well, yeah. way before uh, any
0: of your time, actually. It was, oh, wait a, oh, a minute. From the 50s, that really cheesy B movie yeah, where the yeah, spiders yeah. are going. And yeah, those the were. Atom- th- the atomic spiders. And those yeah.
1: were, yeah, and those were tarantulas um, who, in the end, spoke when they were in the cave. There was actually a voice. The spider was going, Yes. Don't come in, or something like that. But anyway, that's... So the
0: marketing is, because they, you can buy them in a pet PR. store. So that's where that's where the, the good PR for tarantulas because you can buy them for your yeah, kids. Yeah, and they're, here, they're good pets. Here, have a tarantula, kid. Sure yeah, here. Merry, Merry Christmas. Have a tarantula.
1: So other than spiders... Let's move on to snakes, because uh, there was a song, I Don't Like Spiders oh. and Snakes, or Jim, was it like,
0: I can't remember which. Jim Stafford. Yeah. Jim Staff- yeah.
1: So, uh, are you a big snake fan
3: as well? I, I like snakes. Um, I don't, I mean, I have a lot of snakes around here, too, and I've posted some pictures of, of mm-hmm. snakes, even you know, venomous snakes that have been in my bedroom. Um, But I I guess I don't post as many photos of them because I don't see them quite so often. And I don't have the same affinity for them that I have for spiders.
1: I'm still trying trying to get my head around this affinity. I can understand like Jim saying he doesn't mind them and, you know, you get to the point where you can um, ignore them or move them kindly, you know, put them on a piece of paper, move them out. How do you feel about potato bugs? You know what they are? They're great. No, I big. didn't
3: even know they.
1: They're very <laughs> ugly, great, big, fat, roundish kind of bugs. And I woke up. I was sleeping at over at a friend's house years ago. We camped over there all the time in the in the poor days, and I'm sleeping on the floor of his basement. And there was a potato bug infestation. And when you open your eyes, and the first thing you see is a big, big, fat bug three inches from your face it's not that uh, appealing but they're totally harmless they will not even bite or do anything to you so you have to mm. put them on a piece of paper and throw them outside or do something you're you not going to want the, them around the
3: one them. thing i i really don't like is jumping ants they're evil
1: you have an ant a very vicious ant in australia if not if not more than one, yeah. right? Two is that yeah, the one? Yeah,
3: the jumping ants. Yeah, they're they're like you know an inch long, and they have these great big nipped mandibles mm-hmm. that they, they fight you with, and then and it's incredibly painful, and they sting you, and they can jump, and and they they they're able to move, and actually they're aggressive, and they will chase you, and yeah. they can. They, keep up with you. Like, you know, if you just try to walk away from them, they can keep up with you and they'll chase you. You have to run.
1: You are making me itch the, horribly.
3: Seriously. And it's the most <laughs> painful bite you can imagine. And, and they're really aggressive. They'll just attack you en masse.
1: Well, I think my bite would be more painful, but still.
3: Well, you'd have to bite me and, and um, we'd find out.
1: I'm not touching that line. For anything,
0: but I will. Um, I'm going to change the subject on please. that one completely. I loved your post the other day on the faith in humanity. The story of you busking with your guitar, great story, and oh. and, and having it stolen and recovered. I, I it was a really really cool story to read, uh, and I was like, maybe if you want to kind of mention to people. What happened, and yeah, you can the tell that story. And the and the end result, which I I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, you can tell
1: that story. That's a good. That's a great. That is a great story. And people who are listening may not have seen your post.
3: Okay. Well, um, I had a guitar that was very special to me because um, I I rebuilt it. I made it myself. The soundboard, you know, like I hand I hand carved it and sanded it, and I spent hours, you know, building it. Um, and it was my sole source of income. I was living from busking and I was in Laos in a small town and uh, someone stole my guitar when my back was turned They just took it from where my stuff was and I mean I was Quite devastated. I was really upset. My guitar was gone, and so I was like, "Oh, I guess I have to go to the police and report it." But you know, on my way, I went. I was. I went into the, the village market, um, and I, I had a photo of me with my guitar, and I stood up, you know, in, in front of this big crowd, and I was like. I didn't speak much loud, but I had a few words, you know. And I was just standing there, just, I was crying and just reaching out to the people, saying, like, you know, my guitar is so important to me. It's the only thing that I have to live, and if I don't have it, I don't even have money to eat. And and I know this is a small town, and... Someone has to know where it is. Someone's seen something, you know. There's no way that that no one here knows about it. And and I just I really reached out to the people and I and I begged them like please someone just bring it back to me because I, I need it, you know. And yeah, I, I I reached out and I made a quite impassioned plea that my guitar would be returned. And yeah. At the end of the day this, this I turned around and this old man he was old, you know, and like kind of hunched over and sort of looking down at, at, at the ground. He didn't he didn't look me in the eye, but it, you know, he pulled my guitar out from behind his back and just put his head down and held it up to me. And then he ran away, like he, he kinda <laughs> scuttled off really quickly. But I was so happy I got my guitar back, you know, and I spent all the next day like singing for the people and playing music in the market and it was really, really good.
0: That's cool such story. an awesome story. I was I was reading that and I was just like, wow. You know, you always hear about all these horrible things that happen in the world and just how shitty people are and all that. And it's like, but it's not really you know true. I mean, yes, you're gonna find that out there, but that's not always the case. And so it was what started off as like this really bad thing happening for you you got to have it come back to you you know in in a really cool way so I just the story really spoke to me and I just I was like thought it might be cool to hear.
3: You should hear the postscript story actually Um, because a few months later um, I was in India Um, I was was actually hitchhiking from Australia to India overland on this journey Um, so then that was in Laos and I went up into China and through Tibet and Nepal into India and then I was in India and this guitar got stolen again oh. um, and and stolen with, with some finality. It wasn't in a small town where I could appeal to people. It was, you know, in a big Indian, India. And a couple of guys on a, on a little motor scooter drove by and snatched it and went off. And I was all very upset because, again, I was left with no income and no money. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Um, and... Yeah, I I was just kind of like a bit sad, (laughs) letting my guitar go and not knowing how I was going to support myself, but I was um, at a festival and someone who was an acquaintance, it wasn't a great friend who I knew very well, but someone I knew kind of knew about my situation and and, uh, and he decided to take up a collection hat I didn't know he was doing this but he went around this festival and you know started telling everyone my story and about my guitar and how I was you know destitute without it and took up a collection and he got um, in a day a thousand rupees which it's not much money I think it was like 20 bucks or something um, and he gave it to me and he said here this is so you can get a new guitar and I was so like overwhelmed with i mean gratitude and and also feeling like i wasn't worthy of it and all of that but whatever i went into the i went into the nearest you know town and found a music shop that i didn't have enough money for a guitar like it was it was less money than the cheapest guitar that they have um, but they had mandolin and it was enough for a mandolin so I bought a mandolin with that and thus began my career as a mandolinist and I still play mandolin to this day.
0: Oh I love mandolin like uh, Chris Thiele and and, and and musicians like that um, that's really cool so you it two different stories on the same guitar it was like the that's interesting yeah and, were and you had and you had doubt good the bad and the ugly happen in there and you, and people coming together so at least you could get something to play that's really cool yeah
3: i was I, and then i spent the next month like learning to play mandolin and and then i supported myself for mandolin which is actually more convenient because it's smaller and easier to travel with than a guitar and Somehow has a bit more street cred in terms of busking because busking guitarists are a dime a dozen, you know. <laughs> but having mandolin was a bit different.
0: Now, do you still do you play in bands or do you play by yourself? Or
3: I just play by myself for fun. Oh,
0: that's cool. That's cool. Randy, do you play? Oh, oh, Randy, Randy's showing his guitar right now. I you can't do uh, it. This, but... this
1: is an electric mandolin. It's a four-string. Oh. Four string electric mandolin. So it looks like a fender stratocaster. Of course the people that who are listening different. to this can't see it. But it's a uh, maybe I'll take a f put a photo someplace on the on the blog. But um anyway, yeah, now that I got it down, I'm stuck with it. We're gonna do a hangout one of these days, but we have to do original music, you know, because otherwise we're we'd be in trouble. Okay. So we'll have to jam with our own our own music. <laughs> I can do that. Okay.
3: Yeah, so, I should I should make a post about that and about my mandolin. Yeah.
1: So, the, what does your mandolin look like? Is it uh, that's not the um, same one, I presume?
3: No, that that one I ended up losing it in Israel. Um, and the one I have now, I I made a post about it um, last year. The one I have now, like I let my mandolin. Practice just sort of fall by the wayside for a while because I I don't know various life circumstances and I lost my mandolin um, and last year I was in Bali and um, there's this I don't know if you've ever been in you know third world markets especially in Southeast Asia and tourist areas but you cannot walk down the street without you know every stall on the street has like 50 guys and they're all shouting at you you know just come look in my store just looking just looking best price come looking come looking Mm -hmm. you know you want this cheap price cheap for you best price they're they're hassling like you wouldn't believe it becomes a nightmare and you sort of stop listening Mm -hmm. but there's this one stall that's just kind of quiet and unassuming and it's full of instruments and there's no one standing at the front anything. There's just this one guy and he's sitting at the back and, you know, he'll talk to you. He's really friendly if you come in, but he won't ever hassle anyone or try to sell anything. He's just sitting at the back building instruments. He's making mostly guitars and some violins, um, some drums, but mostly guitars. And he just sits there building this exquisite gorgeous handcraft instruments like they're so beautiful and and he's just making it for the love of making them and he's not trying to sell you anything he's just making them and then he'll sit and play and we'll have a jam with whoever walks in um and and he's just this great craftsmanship just this one little guy sitting in this tiny little hole in the wall shop and I really I really wanted to support this guy because he's you know handcrafted work that was really great work and he's not buying into that you know you have to hassle the tourists to sell to them culture. Right, the a real artisan,
1: easy. a true artisan. Yeah,
3: and he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't haggle either. Like he tells you the price, and that's the price. There's no, you know, haggling over it. But his prices are like incredibly cheap, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. And he
3: had he had a mandolin there, and it's not the best mandolin obviously he he's a luthier he makes guitars he doesn't know mandolins he didn't even know how to tune it and it was <laughs> obvious funny. to me like he he'd seen someone had shown him one and he would just made a copy of it mm-hmm. you know and he showed it to me and he's like i don't even know how to tune it i don't have the right strings for it we can't get them here in bali like i've got no idea and i was like i don't care i want it anyway this how is your is now, this is
1: your <laughs> current instrument this is the one you brought back with you from last year
3: yeah, yeah, well, and and it was it was fifty bucks, and I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> that's I, I'm going to support this guy. You know, I think I, I think everyone should support artisans making this. You know, making especially this guy because he's he's not he doesn't have some you know toot out the front of his shop trying to drag customers in. He's not quoting dramatically overinflated prices that yeah. you then have to haggle over. He's just someone who has joy from building instruments and playing music.
1: Joy is a rare thing in this world, actually, but um, once know. you leave your own comp- country, you often run into people who do have it, and that's good. That's a good thing about travel. I know,
3: it's everywhere. So uh, my my current mandolin is, is really not a very special instrument in terms of music quality, but it's fine for me to bang around on, sure. and, and I, I love it, yeah.
1: Well, we're going to have to um, get together again uh, one of these times with the mandolins, not necessarily for public consumption, but uh, as we've talked about for weeks now. Anyway, we'll have to have a little jam. We need to uh, to end the recording because it's getting to be time for everybody to be doing other things. We
0: may have to send you off to dreamland, Lorado, In fact, because it's yeah, got to
3: be it's late. late. Right, I'm already in bed. <laughs> what,
0: t- what time is it in Australia right now? I mean, here is, in Connecticut, it's, it's nine. 1 a.m. Oh, you not that late for hours?
3: you. It's Monday.
0: Not that late for so you. It's, so it's already Monday where you are then?
3: I think it's Monday, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a good point. Or, Sunday morning must, where I am.
3: Yeah, it's Monday. It's 1 in the morning on Monday. I should uh, go to yeah. sleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could listen to you guys talking about musical instruments all day. That was really cool. And, you know, I have a, I'm have sitting and looking at my didgeridoo that uh, <laughs> that I can't play for crap. <laughs> But it's fun anyways.
1: Well anyway, if anybody would like to uh subscribe or hear more, they can go to Leave the dot com. If you want to uh connect with Lorato, L- L- you can find her on Google Plus. There's not that many Leratos. so it's uh Lorato oh, Magic Faith. There are?
3: There, it's a very, very common name in, in South Africa. It's a Kosa Zulu Situ name.
1: But not um, with the magic fairy part at the second. I am second the world.
3: one and only to yeah. Magic. Or fairy.
1: look up the Green Goddess. That's your nickname.
3: Apparently so. This woman posts,
1: (laughs) you are the example, uh, the counterexample for what we were talking about, these stupid drive-by posts that people do that are just annoying, if not something to ignore. But uh, Lorado's posts are, I think, I can't think of an exception where your posts haven't been good. And by the way, I wanted to talk to Jim, we don't have time now, but I wanted to talk to him about people posting photos of their kids and yet, here's the exception to the rule. This is one of the only people who actually does this, and it's it's interesting. Uh, and we could go on for hours about that. And I'll tell you why at another time. But Lorado um, posts uh, oh, not, photos no, of her no, lovely. No. She no, she posts uh, uh, po- photos of her um, of her daughter. And first of all, she's a lot cuter than most of the kids. I don't know why people post. Why are you posting ugly kid photos? I don't know. But, but at least yours. <laughs> First of all, hers are are cute because the the girl is is adorable, first of all. How could you not be, by the way? If you could see Lerato, you'd know. But the other thing is, it's interesting stuff. It's not, you know, I don't know, I can't... Get in. There's no point in getting specific. I can but deal with. I can deal it. with
0: small doses. You know. I mean, yeah. I understand the whole. Yeah. Hey, this is my kid, or this is my dog, or this is my cat. I mean, I've got my cat in my arms right yeah. now just to to keep him from howling. But I, I get the whole pride thing and the sure. whole wow, this is the this is my amazing kid, and that's great. It's wonderful. Once a year, that's all. That's all part of life. <laughs> but what? No, mm, oh, I'm going to get so much trouble. But you know what? I really don't care. Yeah. Um, but I don't need to see. Every day, the growth spurt of your child. I don't need to see every day the latest. If they've done something big, absolutely. You know, they, you know like my niece yesterday, she posted about her son. He's like 13 or something, winning uh, their basketball hmm. tournament. That's great. That's an accomplishment. I get it, and that's great. But because your kid. Took its first dump without diapers yesterday. I I don't care. I think I can do without that. Yeah, I just, you know, there's a balance between the pride and the mundane. And I think a lot of people haven't gotten that. And maybe it's because of the tools that we have out there now that allow us. Too easy. Too easy. Well, you know, and I'm guilty of it too. I know. I'm guilty. I probably irritate the shit out of people sometimes with, you know, my whether it's my political stuff or a picture of my dog or whatever. So, you know, we all can irritate people, you know, sure. and that's hand in hand. But sometimes with the kid pictures going on. Endlessly, it's like, oh my god! I just yeah.
1: There's to- a great potential. You know, my view on that is very simple. Besides, Lorado is the exception. Almost everything she's ever posted has been interesting. And when she posts something about her daughter, it's it's kind of an example. It's kind of for a purpose, like learning about science and stuff. It's really. And I'm not saying to right. flatter you, flatter you, Lurado. I've told you before. I think you're an exemplary mother. It's amazing, but uh, the other thing is, you know, if you're gonna do that, don't post them publicly. If these are just these, you know, oh, today's a Tuesday and Monday's photo was on this topic and now Tuesday's photo. Right. If it's going to be that, first of all, lim- why not limit it to your special friends who give a shit <laughs> right. or might well, like, or, or have right. to pretend to? I don't know. But, well, we uh, all have to pretend
0: to. But like on no, Facebook, people, I'm a lot not of people do don't. That. A lot of people on Facebook, and I'm not picking on Facebook at all because it, it crosses the spectrum. Yeah. Don't realize that you can create lists. There you so go. So, okay, it create a list of family who are supposed to give a shit. Yeah. You know, and you could even title it family, family who are who supposed to, to, give to give a, a shit, shit. Yeah. And guess what most of the time they really don't. They don't either. <laughs> But you know, at least then, if it's okay, you know, Johnny today, you know, he was amazing. He you know, he ate cookies for the first time or something, whatever. Okay, <laughs> you, you can put that for everybody. But then the second day that he ate cookies, just post it yeah, to today, a family who's supposed to give a shit. Today then, he ate you know, peanut he
1: butter can... cookies. Yesterday
3: it was chocolate chip. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But he you know what, it's, it's, it's all good. And in the hand.
3: life of a toddler, cookies. I mean, come
0: on, cookies. okay Well, it's, I know cookies are an important part of life. I mean, I, I'm going to have some tea. As a matter of fact, it's funny. I'm taking my 10-year-old Nisa uh, shortly to see the Legos movies today. And I wanted to see it. She wants to see it. So we're going. So I'm like buying candy yesterday to take with us because I'm certainly not going to pay the high prices in the theater. So I'm going to sneak it in. Yeah, so sue me. <gasps> So I'm like teasing. I'm teasing uh, in a text yesterday with her mother, my sister-in-law, that I bought uh, my niece three boxes of Junior Mints. And my niece, uh, my sister in law I think she realized maybe that I was kidding, but knowing me, maybe that I wasn't. She's like, three boxes. Well, it's a long movie. And she's like, no, oh, you have to be the adult there. And it's like, okay, whatever. But, um, well, you know,
3: yeah, that that is being the adult because the kids can't be expected to buy the candy.
0: Right. Of course, it's my responsibility as her uncle to pay for her way in and to pay for you know her bad eating habits while we're at the movies. Isn't that what I think? That's what family is for. Then I can give her back to her mother, and you know her mother gets to deal with her when she's all sugared up. I mean, isn't that what it, life <laughs> is all? I, I,
3: take, I take my duties as an aunt very seriously. My my niece. My niece's mother quite insists that my niece must not have anything that's a boy toy. She has to, you know, wear girls' clothes and play with girls' toys. Mm -hmm. But my niece, she's five, and she is adorable. She's kind of amazing. She's five, and she loves Transformers, and she loves dragons. But she's not allowed to have them. She's not allowed to watch the Transformers because she's a girl. And Mm. I personally, Mm. I think... Hey, the kid likes dragons. And I found a transformer that transforms into a dragon. I was like, hell yeah, I'm buying that for my niece."
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
3: she loves it.
0: And really. by Lego. <laughs> well, we have to be responsible yes. for some, you know, bad habits along the way. That's part of the extended family. I mean, you know, it's up to the parents to set rules and things like that, but it's up to the rest of us to kind of like nudge those rules around a little bit here and there. And, you know, I take that responsibility, you know, greatly. And I'm going to ply her today with all sorts of candy and popcorn and sugary drinks. (laughs) Absolutely. And then deal with it. Oh, well. (laughs) On that note, I really do need to uh, hightail it. Okay, guys.
1: I'm going to uh, stop the recording and remind everybody to come and join us at leavethebottlepodcast.com.
0: We'll we'll keep it going and try to get great guests like Lorado. Thank you very much for coming here on uh, today on no notice whatsoever. Zero notice.
1: <laughs> we are dragging yeah. women out of bed. Actually, we're <laughs> doing it all wrong. She's That's still in girl. bed. No, she's still in bed. We're good. <laughs>